Thanks for listening to the Three Strands podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit us at threestrands.church. Welcome to church this morning. We're glad you're here. Um, how many of you have spent the last month watching Christmas movies? Yeah, we, we watched a few last night. Uh, there's a few that I look forward to each year during Christmas. Uh, some of my favorite Christmas classics, like It's a Wonderful Life. I love that one. Not many people like that one anymore, but I think it's great. And then, of course, my all-time favorite is many of yours. Is We watched it again last night. I can quote the movie uh, line for line, but National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is by far the best Christmas movie ever, in my opinion. And then one Heather and I like is uh, Four Christmases. That's a classic. And then go way back to like my college days. I love that movie, The Preacher's Wife. And then uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Not that cartoon thing. I'm talking about the Jim Carrey one. I love that. And then today's sermon title, many people would consider a Christmas classic. And that's Home Alone. Now, how many of you have never seen the movie Home Alone? Be honest. Most of you have. Good. Excellent. Everybody. Except one. I don't know who that was, but... Uh, you what? <laughs> so everybody in the room seen it. That's wonderful. So yeah, Home Alone is a comedy uh, that sums up the importance of close relationships. It's an eight-year-old boy named Kevin. He discovers uh, that his parents have accidentally left him home alone when they fly to Paris for the holidays. And he was excited at first, remember? I mean, he was excited to be free from their nagging, um, you know, no, nobody around, free to just do whatever he wanted. And most kids his age would just love that. But he soon found out that Christmas can be a lonely, lonely time without his family around, especially when he sees a family next door celebrating Christmas together. And he learned to be home alone during Christmas was about as lonely as it gets. You know that loneliness is a common, everyday experience for a lot of people? Only around 6% of Americans say that they have never, ever felt lonely. Think about it. You have a soldier who's stationed overseas. An inmate uh, who is just sitting alone in a cell in prison. A divorced man in an empty apartment. A widow who just buried her lifelong companion. A couple who's heartbroken after their teenager was taken from them abruptly in a car accident. A single person who, who moves to a new town. A successful businessman who, who sits in a nice office, but he doesn't have any meaningful relationships. Or maybe it's a, a stroke victim who sits alone in the nursing home this Christmas. Or, or maybe it's the missionary who's trying to be a light in a predominantly Muslim country. Or the married person who just heard the words, I'm not happy anymore. I don't love you anymore. Guys, all of these people know what it's like to experience loneliness. In fact, in 2017, it showed that one-fourth of all households in the United States have a person living by themselves in it. But you know, you, you can be lonely in a crowd as well, can't you? Some of the loneliest people in our country live in metropolitan areas where there are people absolutely all around them. But they still say things like, nobody really knows me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody truly knows what's going on deep down inside of me. 
And you know, loneliness gets worse during the Christmas season because that's when families get together and show their love and their joy, right? The high suicide rates in our country come in the winter months around the holidays. There are some sad songs that play during the Christmas season, right? I mean, I'll be home for Christmas if what? If only in my dreams. Or how about that awful song about grandma who keeps getting ran over by that reindeer? That's a tragedy in itself, you know. That's an awful one. But today, I'd kind of like for us to think about Jesus' stepfather, Joseph, and what Christmas must have been like for him. I mean, you think about his story. It must have been a lonely, somewhat frightening experience at times for Joseph. And my hope today My hope is that you and I will be comforted by the fact that regardless of whatever circumstances that you and I are going through, regardless of whatever circumstances that we face, whatever life throws our way, that listen, we are never alone. We will realize that we're never, ever alone with Jesus by our side. That's my hope today. There's always a friend who sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs 18, 24 tells us. So I hope we'll realize that by the end of this message. So the first thing is this. When I think about Joseph's life, he must have felt lonely in his hometown of Nazareth when he felt betrayed by the one he trusted, right? I mean, look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage even took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about how alone Joseph must have felt when he first heard about Mary being pregnant. You know, uh, we tend to imagine a culture in like, in like ours where they, they kind of date first, you know, and then they fall in love and then, and then they get engaged. But that's probably not how it happened. You know, we tend to imagine Mary and Joseph having this somewhat private, intimate conversation where she says to him, you know, sweetheart, honey bun, apple dumpling, whatever, sugar plum, whatever the the words that they use. Right. But just kind of intimate, you know, I've got something incredible to tell you. An angel appeared to me and I'm going to give birth to the son of God. I mean, I'm expecting a child, but I haven't been unfaithful to you. It's by the Holy Spirit. And can you imagine Joseph going, yeah, Uh uh-huh, right, whatever. Now, why didn't Joseph at least entertain the idea that Mary could have been telling the truth? Well, in Jewish culture, first century marriages were arranged by the parents. and, And couples didn't date like we do today. Living in a small town like Nazareth, they probably knew each other, but they probably were not ever left alone to have a heart-to-heart conversation like that. I mean, Mary may have never had the opportunity to explain the appearance of this angel to Joseph. May, May have never had that opportunity. The Bible says that a few days after the angel appeared to Mary, that she leaves and goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth in the hill country of Judea. And she stayed with her for about three months until her baby was born, who we know of as John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Well, by then, by that time, three months later, Mary, she's beginning to show. 
And so she was found out. She probably looked about like this, about three months right here, okay? It's about what I am. So she was beginning to show, and my guess is that she probably uh, told her parents and her family about what had happened, but they probably didn't believe her, would you? I mean, are you going to believe a story like that about some miraculous conception? And my guess is they were probably disappointed in what she had told them. And I would say that Mary quickly found out that nobody in Nazareth was going to believe her, and the rumors began, don't you think? I mean, we, we live in a small town, and, and when someone around here gets pregnant out of wedlock, you know, when they're not married, the news spreads fast, doesn't it? Especially now with social media running rampant. And then shortly after, the mean-spirited jokes begin to follow, you know. Uh, 30 years later, uh, some of Jesus' own critics said this, we are not illegitimate children, implying that he was in John 8, 41. And so people can be mean-spirited, you know, and I'm sure Mary felt some of that. But Mary was probably one of the loneliest people in Nazareth at that time. But at least she knew that God was on her side. I mean, the angel had appeared to her. Joseph didn't know that at this point. So when he found out that Mary was pregnant, I'm sure he felt betrayed by the one that he had trusted. He, he probably thought she'd been unfaithful to him when she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And, and according to the Old Testament law, Joseph had a right to take action if he wanted to. He, he could have pushed for Mary to be stoned for her fornication. Or he could have publicly humiliated her by announcing that the engagement was off since he wasn't the father and that could have saved his reputation. Look at verse 19 of Matthew 1. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, he was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. And so what he decided to do, he decided to just break the engagement quietly. He, his plan was simply, I'm not going to say anything, and I'm just not going to marry her. He didn't want to disgrace her. Guys, maybe you feel alone this Christmas because somebody you trust has been unfaithful to you. A young man finds out that his fiance has been unfaithful two months before their wedding and she leaves and he feels very much alone this Christmas. A father walks out, leaving his family behind and that young mother feels betrayed and alone. A teenager takes his life and his parents just kind of struggle through the holiday season like they're just in a daze, a fog. A faithful factory employee for 20 years is told that his plant is closing down. And now he doesn't have a job and his son is about to leave for college soon. A teacher who loses her job and has two small children who can't wait to open up the Christmas presents that aren't going to be there. A widow in the nursing home who, who flips through a generic Christmas card sent to her by her son who never comes to visit. And you know, she just explains that her son's very busy, but deep inside she feels betrayed and alone. A wife who's married to an alcoholic husband for 25 years goes through the motions of, of decorating for Christmas, but she knows, she knows he's just going to get drunk again and pass out again on Christmas Eve, and she will feel very much by herself. Psalm 102.7 says, I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. You know, Joseph felt abandoned in Nazareth 
but he discovered that he really wasn't alone. Look at Matthew 1 verse 20. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. What wonderful news. That he will save their people from their sins. A few months before this, the angel Gabriel had appeared to Mary. But here, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. I mean, he had a vision. Now, now, I realize that some Christians try to interpret every vague dream they have as a message from God, you know. But it seems that when God spoke to people in visions and dreams in the Bible, I mean, it was memorable. It was so extraordinary, so vivid, that they knew immediately when they woke up that that was a divine revelation. And they had steps to follow, like, God wants me to do this. Matthew 1.24 says that when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph obeyed and named him Jesus. Now guys, after that, dream, after that dream there, Joseph knew that he was walking in the will of God. That, that he wasn't alone after all. You know, that, that if, if, if you feel betrayed and you feel alone by those you love this Christmas season, I want you to understand as Joseph did, you really are not alone. I know it feels that way. I'm not trying to minimize your feelings, but I'm telling you, you're not alone. God will see you through your circumstance. He really is with you all of the time. And listen, as Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? Well, that, that wasn't the only time that Joseph felt alone. I mean, he must have experienced intense loneliness that first Christmas night in Bethlehem, you know? I love what Stephanie said there in the band. What did I say about Christmas Day? Well, I'm just going to talk about Christmas Day, right? Well, that first Christmas Day here, that night there, I'm sure that Joseph was overwhelmed with personal responsibilities. You've heard the story, Christmas Day, right? Luke 2, Caesar Augustus issued this decree that a census should be taken. It didn't look anything like that 2020 video, by the way, okay? But he issued this census, uh, that our census should be taken. And Joseph went from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now listen, Joseph didn't say, listen, Mary, you know, I know this is going to be a, a long, hard journey being pregnant and all. It's about a 90-mile walk, but we have got to get to Bethlehem because the Micah the prophet predicted that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So we got to get down there. We got to fulfill this prophecy. That's not what happened. Nope. Joseph didn't even know anything about a prophecy then. All right. He traveled towards Bethlehem, most likely feeling tons of pressure, lots of pressure. I'm sure he also had financial pressures. Think about that. I mean, he worked as a carpenter. And he had to take at least two weeks off of work to make this trip to Bethlehem. There was no workers' comp back then, you know? No maternity leave. And the Bible is clear that Joseph was poor. In Luke 2, 24, it says they offered the sacrifice 
of poor people. Now he's married. He's about to have a child. He's off work for several weeks. And listen, he must have wondered, God, where are you in all of this? And maybe some of you have felt like that lately. Maybe you've been laid off work for so many weeks, right? No workers comp, any of this. And maybe you're wondering the same thing that Joseph probably did during this time. God, where are you at? Where are you at in all of this? I feel alone. I'm sure that Joseph experienced travel pressures. This was a 90 mile trip and they were walking it. Imagine that. I heard about a couple who traveled 70 miles from Louisville to Lexington to watch the Kentucky-Louisville basketball game. And when they pulled up beside Rupp Arena, the wife said to the husband, I sure wish our refrigerator was here. And the husband said, what? Why in the world would you want our refrigerator here? And she said, because our tickets are on top of it, you know. And I'm sure that was a lonely 70-mile walk home for that poor wife, right? But uh, anyway, Joseph was responsible for, for planning that long trip. And I'm sure it wasn't easy to take a mother who's expecting at the end of her third trimester on this five to six day journey. Many stops, very uncomfortable, and Joseph had to have been nervous. I mean, he was an inexperienced husband, and he probably wondered, I mean, what do I do if like, she starts having contractions? And before we get there, I mean, what am I going to do, right? And once they finally get there, there's this pressure of delivery. I mean, good night. Look at Luke 2, verse 6. It says, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So Joseph had the pressures of trying to find a room in a small town where the only motel was full, right? He had to make a decision whether we're going to stay in a stable, we're going to continue trying to find a better place. How many of you guys have ever been in that predicament? Anybody? I'm the only one. All right, so I was in a similar predicament one time in Atlanta, Georgia, and Heather learned not to ever, ever let me pick out a room again. I don't know why, but evidently there were, at this terrorist-owned Holiday Inn, there were a few drug deals going down in the parking lot. And uh, with some music in the background, he goes, roll me up and smoke me when I die. It was Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson in the background. And uh, needless to say, it was, she's right, I screwed that one up big time. And since then, I've not been allowed to pick out a room ever again. But she is right. It was rough. And uh, they, but we did get our money back. Um, and they also gave us a free complimentary contact tie on top of that. So uh, that's a joke, sort of. Um, but anyway, but then... Not only that, but Joseph had to help deliver a baby with no medical training or, or help. And, and he must have felt the weight of it all and more than likely felt alone with all of those responsibilities. Just a ton of stress on his shoulders. And then imagine this one. You ready for this? Imagine trying to raise the Son of God. How about that responsibility, that kind of pressure, right? That's a huge task. I mean, it's like whatever you do, don't drop him. Right? He's the Son of God, right? He's got the whole world in His hands, but don't drop Him, okay? can't believe you dropped Him. He's got the whole... You know, you get this song. Okay. Anyway, it's surprising to me, though, that Joseph doesn't get more attention in the Bible. The angel Gabriel came to Mary 
saying, you're a favored woman, Mary. The, the Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. You are going to be blessed by every generation from here on out. And the angel came to Joseph and said, she's a good woman, Joseph. You marry her. Don't divorce her. And you know what? From that point on, Joseph is known as the husband of Mary. Do you know that? I mean, imagine going through your life known as the husband of Amy Coney Barrett or Beth Moore or Heather McKinney or Stephanie Decker. That's a lot of pressure. Okay, that is a heavy, heavy burden. You know what I'm saying? It's difficult to play second fiddle to a well-known wife. But you know what? Joseph, he did it well. And that was a tribute to him. But you know what? There's not much tribute in the Scriptures. There's not. I mean, we read through the Bible and there is not one direct quote from Joseph. In fact, it seems as though Joseph dies somewhere during the time when Jesus was a young man because he's never mentioned again. Although Mary is mentioned several times. It's just kind of like he kind of fades off the pages of Scripture. There's no obituary. I mean, think about it. This is a guy who helped raise the Son of God along with two other boys, James and Jude. And he's mostly ignored in the Scriptures. This entire experience must have seemed overwhelming to a man who only six months before was just a simple carpenter living in a, a pretty normal life. You know, sometimes when you give, are given new responsibilities, it can be a lonely experience, can it? I mean, you've never been there before. Maybe you're a new parent and you can be overwhelmed with the responsibility of getting up in the middle of the night with a, with a crying baby and not knowing what's wrong or what to do and, and you feel lonely. Or maybe when you're a father and, and your children are asking for more Christmas presents than you can afford. That pressure can make you sometimes feel inadequate and underappreciated. You know, several years ago, Carson asked for a rat for Christmas. Um, he called it a hamster, but I think it was a rat. And Abby asked for a porcupine. Um, I think she called it a hedgehog, but I think it was a porcupine. But I didn't feel adequate to meet either of those needs. I don't care how I felt, okay? I'm not getting a, a rat and a porcupine running around my house, but... Uh, but Joseph's responsibilities probably seemed greater than his resources, but he discovered that he really wasn't alone after all, that God was with him the entire time. As soon as baby Jesus was born and everything settles down in this stable, there was a knock at the door and there were some really smelly shepherds who showed up and they said, hey, we'd like to see the baby. I mean, you won't believe what happened last night. We were out taking care of our sheep and then suddenly an angel appeared and said that the Savior of the world has been born tonight. And then it was crazy. The whole sky was flooded with thousands of angels. I mean, it, it was incredible. They were all saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom God's favor rests. And then the angels, they told us, they said we could find them here in a manger. Is there a baby that was just born here, sir? And Joseph knew that night. He knew that God was right there with him in Bethlehem. And then later on, 
there were some wise men who show up and they say, we've seen this special star in the east that indicates the greatest king that has ever been born. And so we followed that star and it, it stopped right here over this location. It, is there a new king born here? And Joseph was reminded once again that night that he wasn't alone. God was there the entire time. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Matthew gives us another snapshot of Joseph in the Christmas story. And you know, I was thinking he must have been extremely lonely when he fled to Egypt to escape the opposition of his child. Look at Matthew 2, verse 13. It says that after those wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. That fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. What a terrifying, lonely experience that must have been that night. I mean, put yourself in their shoes, hurrying to pack, rushing to get out of town in the darkness, you know, kind of looking over your shoulder to make sure there, there's no soldiers that are chasing you, heading to the wilderness of this unfamiliar country with just the three of them. I mean, he didn't know anybody in Egypt. He didn't speak the language or know the culture. And you know what? Maybe like Joseph, you experience attacks during Christmas time. Maybe you say Merry Christmas to someone and, and they're offended because that's not politically correct anymore. Or, or maybe, you know, someone objects to your nativity scene or you invite someone to come to church and they go off on you about how you're trying to impose your values and shove your religion down their throat. You know, at times we do get a little bit of opposition during Christmas, but guys, it's nothing like Joseph felt when that angel told him to get out of town because Joseph or because Herod was trying to kill his child. I mean, Joseph found out that God was with him even though he was under attack. How many of you have felt under attack during the past few months? Right before Joseph had to leave Bethlehem, though, God gave him resources for the journey that he was about to take. He gave them through the wise men. They brought gifts. Once again, telling Joseph, just showing him, reassuring him, Joseph, I'm here with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I have promised to take care of you, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. You don't have to feel alone. Trust me. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Guys, when you feel alone and you feel attacked, would you remember the promise that God gave us that he would never leave us or forsake us in Hebrews 13, 5. This is not me talking. God said it. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter how alone you feel right now during this Christmas season, I am right here with you. I remember years ago as a single man living here in McCreary County, when I first got out of college, the holiday season was the worst. I mean, it was the loneliest seasons of my life those few years. 
But I also learned that the more I chased after God, the more I pursued Him, the closer to Him I felt. And probably closer than at any other time in my life. That's when I felt closest to God. It reminded me of Jeremiah 29.13 when he says that you will seek me and find me when you do what? When you seek me with all of your heart. Are you seeking God with all of your heart at this point in your life? I promise you, if you do, you'll find me. He's closer than you think. To those of you who feel lonely today, I'm not asking you to pretend that everything's okay. It's okay to not be okay. You may not feel like God's with you right now, but I am asking you to trust God's hand even when you don't see His face. It just may be that a few years from now, you'll look back at this Christmas season, regardless of how you're feeling right now, and you'll be able to see a few years down the road, you'll be able to say, God was right there with me the entire time. And if God is for me, who can be against me? I just want to close with a classic poem that most of you are probably familiar with called Footprints. And it says this, One night I had a dream. And I was walking along the beach with my Lord. And across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. Across, or for each scene I noticed that there were two sets of footprints in the sand. One belonging to me and the other one belonging to my Lord. And after the last scene of my life had flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along my path of life, especially at the very loneliest, the lowest, the, the saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. And this troubled me. And so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you would be with me. You wouldn't leave me alone. That you would walk with me the entire way. But I noticed that during the loneliest, the saddest, most troublesome times in my life, there was only one set of footprints. And I don't get it. I don't understand. When I needed you the most, why did you leave me alone? You know the ending, right? He whispered, my precious child, and I love you. I, I would never, ever leave you. Especially during your trials and your testings. When you looked and you only saw that one set of footprints, that wasn't yours. He said, it was then that I carried you. Guys, some of you, God has been carrying along the way and you don't even recognize it. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to challenge you this morning to give yourself the best Christmas present you'll ever receive. And that's the free gift from God of salvation. The guys, there's no way you and I can get to heaven alone. So He sent His Son to die on the cross to forgive you and I. And if we'll just believe, if we'll just put our trust in Him, He will move in and take up residence in our lives and you will become God's address. He will live on the inside of you. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that if you'll just believe, 
You won't perish, but you'll live forever. What a Christmas gift some of you could give yourself by just accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's two things you got to know that God loved and God gave. And there's two things you got to do. You got to believe and receive. It's my prayer this morning that if you don't know Jesus, today would be the day of salvation. That you would look back upon Christmas after what an awful year, right? And say, that was the year I realized that I wasn't alone. That God was right there with me the entire time, calling me, drawing me to himself. And I stepped on my pride. I humbled myself and said, God, I'm all yours. Let that happen today if you don't know him. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing a closing song together. And I pray you would make that decision. And once you do, would you tell somebody today? Just make a public confession. Say, you know what? I accepted Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. And I'm in. Would you tell somebody? Let's pray. The band's going to come up and then we'll close. Father God, I only imagine that in a crowd this size, there are people who feel lonely right now. And as we learn today, we're never alone. That even during the darkest times of our lives, it was then that you carried us. And I pray for those today that, that haven't taken that step forward and have said, God, I want to trust you with my life. I want you to save me from my sin. And I want to do life with you your way. I'm not just going to make you my Savior. I want to make you my Lord and follow you. God, I pray today would be the day of salvation for many in this room and who are listening to this podcast. Father, would you just make yourself real to some people here today? Would you just help them physically feel your presence? That they really are not alone. They have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I want to thank you in advance for doing that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.